0: Are you done thinking and talking about getting into real estate investing and finally ready to do it? If so, Rochelle Rayner and her guests are going to share everything you want to know about getting started on your journey to financial freedom using real estate investing. They'll share how they got started, their best and worst experiences, and the tips and advice beginners need to succeed. Now, let's get into today's episode of What's the Deal?
1: Hi, Becky. Welcome to this episode of What's the Deal? Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. How are you today?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for the invitation. I was really looking forward to this.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Becky Nova is from Yonkers in the county of Westchester, Yonkers, New York, and she is doing great things over there. And We're going to talk to her about her journey in real estate, very excited to (laughs) delve into some of this stuff. So
2: let us know, how did you get involved in real estate? Sure. I actually never planned to be a part of real estate. I never wanted to own a home. I never wanted to live in a place for more than a year. So I'm hoping that some of the female listeners will understand what I'm about to say, but I got into real estate investing purely to shut my husband up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He wanted to buy a house. My husband is an immigrant to the United States. He's from the Dominican Republic. He moved here about 10 years ago when he always had that American dream of owning a home. And it just wasn't mine. And he kept begging me and begging me. So I said, you know what? Fine, you want to buy a house, we'll buy a house, but we're going to do it in a way that makes the most sense. And for me, that involved looking for a multifamily to help, um, with the, help alleviate some of the costs with that.
1: Uh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, you got into buy and hold. How did you get what, what part of real estate did you get involved in with uh, wholesaling, buy and hold? Talk about so, that.
2: Sure. So, I actually didn't know any of those terms or that this was a thing really like at that time. I just really wanted to be able to buy a home where we would be able to also have another apartment that would help with costs, which now I know is called house hacking, but I had no idea that that was a thing. So we, once we kind of started with that, we moved into what now we kind of consider our specialty niche, which is buy and holds for multifamily properties with, five or le- with less than five units. Awesome.
1: So tell us about your first deal and maybe your best deal. Give us some in- insight onto that.
2: Sure. Actually, so I always kind of think that the first deal is kind of one of the best deals. So my husband and I were actually living in the Bronx in New York. We really wanted to buy there. That was a place that when he talked about buying a house, I thought that, that made the most sense to do and be able to stay in the Bronx. And as you know, New York is a very interesting market. Um, there's a lot of competition, places are really expensive, and we just could not buy in the Bronx. We were being outbid. You know, people offering uh, you know over asked for like a hundred thousand dollars in cash, right? Like the night the night that the house went on the market, <laughs> and here you know my immigrant husband and I are like, uh, we have financing. <laughs> like nobody wants to hear from us. Okay, so we started looking at other markets, um, which our realtor really helped with us with, and he had suggested Yonkers. I we had never really even been here. It wasn't something that we were kind of looking into. I actually didn't even come look at the house. My husband came and looked at the house. Um, he loved it. I didn't really care. (laughs) The, the, my, the numbers worked for me. I knew that it would make sense that the, that the apartment we would not be living in would actually cover the mortgage. So we put in an accepted offer and we ended up being able to get that house still for me, sight unseen. So a couple of days later we scheduled the inspection and we, there was actually another offer that was on the table. We kind of outbid somebody else for it, which was kind of interesting that it came full circle since everybody else was outbidding us. So we outbid these people. So my realtor was like, you got to get the inspection done and get into contract because these people might come back with a higher number or somebody else might come in. So I was nervous all weekend. We were getting the inspection done on Monday and it was me to be my first time seeing the property that we had an accepted offer on. And I'm taking the Metro North train up from the city and my husband calls me and he's like, I just got to ha- the house and there's a problem. And I was like, what do you mean there's a problem? And he's like, I'm going to send you some pictures. You'll see what I mean. So I'm like, fine, get off the phone. Let the pictures load. And the entire front of our house was graffitied with oh um, <laughs> with racial epitaphs. like word, like those words you do not say in any situation were written in like six different places all over the front porch of our house. So what did you do? Oh my gosh, this <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's of course, stupid thing I do. I called my mother, and I was just like. Oh yeah, I'm going for the inspection. Oh, the house was vandalized. You know, it says this word on it. And my mom's like, "Nope, get out of there. This is not your house. You're not living there. Like get out of this neighborhood. Like the deal is over." And I was just like I was just like, "No, like I don't know. We'll go and see." So I showed up at the house and my husband was there with the inspector. And the inspector is kind of like, "You guys like still want to go through with this?" And I talked to my husband on the side and we kind of talked in Spanish and we're like, "You okay with this?" I guess so. You okay with this? I guess so. And um, because we knew something just didn't seem right because it's because of the neighborhood that it's in, we were like, no one would have spray painted saying these horrible words in this type of neighborhood. It's definitely a classy neighborhood, but it just didn't make sense. So we were, we had the sneaking suspicion at the time that it was actually the people we outbid that had vandalized the house. So we did the inspection and then as we were actually leaving the inspection, the police showed up and ended up asking us like a bunch of questions about it. And luckily there was a police officer that lives caddy corner to us that had um, a video recording on his security cameras that actually caught oh, the people okay. that it was. Um, yeah. And then I, that's and so we were able, <laughs> what's that's that? That's a
1: great thing about New York. Um, a lot of cameras yeah. everywhere. So you were very lucky, very lucky with that.
2: Yep. So they were able, we weren't the owners of the house at the time, so we don't know what happened, but I know that they were able to track down these other, the people that had the other offer on the house and dealt with them. However, that was dealt with. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) Yep. So that, I mean, that started that house. I ended up with a real estate attorney that was not the best option. So the closing was leading up to the closing was crazy. I basically ended up acting as my own attorney at the time taught me a ton. I learned so much about really the process of it. So that actually really helped me out. And I made some great connections. We ended up having to sue our attorney. Well, the bad part was, is she was kind of a family friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So that made it a little awkward, but like my family also agreed. She didn't do what she was supposed to. So that's all you can do there. But no, I mean, otherwise that was our, we bought that property in May, 2018. Um, It was a two family house and it was a perfect first purchase. There were a ton of problems that happened the day after closing as always, but it taught us a lot and it really kind of got us. Once I bought that house, that's when I was like, this was fun. And now I get money for this every month. Cool. Let's do this again. And that's when all of a sudden I started to learn, like, no, this is a thing. People do this and make money. It's called house hacking, or it's called buy and hold. And I just fell into this world of real estate investing, and kind of haven't looked back.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> um, about the deal. So the first deal sure. you used a realtor. You said, did they did they give that? Did find that on the MLS, or was that an off market deal? Can talk about that, and then um, you know how you financed it, uh, and um, you know your cash flow, what what your plans are with that.
2: Sure. So for that property, yes, we did go through a realtor. Being our first property that we were buying, it really made sense to use that realtor for us um, just to kind of see more of the traditional way to be able to buy things. Mm -hmm. Our realtor is great because he actually looked at the deals before. So he knew it was something that we either needed to be living for like really, really cheap, as in like under $500 a month. To, some, to maybe breaking even to making a couple hundred dollars. That's what kind of our limit was. So he, what was fantastic was every property he looked at, he one, made sure that we were pre-approved for it. Two, he had already ran the comps for the apartments. So he would actually say like, okay, so this place you, would cost you $100 to live if you can rent it out for this price. So he did a lot of that legwork for us that was just really above my head at the time. Right. So for us, it made sense to use a realtor. We did a conventional loan on this one. And we put down five percent. My husband and I were living in the Bronx before this, and we were in a great position where we make good money and didn't spend a lot of it. So we were really able to save. And that was kind of how we got to that. Um, plus also, our plan and what we has now become this real estate business of ours is to really stay as liquid as we possibly can. So we will not be in a, we do not want to be in a situation where even though we could have put more money down, There's just no reason for us to do that. Um, Even with putting down our only our 5%, we are still able to rent the apartment in this duplex for still a profit on a monthly basis.
1: Awesome. That's
2: awesome. Yeah.
1: So you moved on from that one. You got another deal after that, another multifamily in Yonkers. Talk a little bit about
2: that. Sure. So this actually was like the best thing ever. So what we kind of did was now we're not only living for free, but now we're making money every month coming in from the apartment. So that just really ramped up our savings much faster than we kind of expected, especially after just paying for a down payment. So now all of a sudden we have another down payment ready. We started looking at like, what can we do next? And we started saying, well, you know, New York, it's a very high cost of living. Down payments are incredibly expensive. How are we going to be able to make this work? So we started looking at other locations to be able to kind of do distance real estate investing. And we started looking out of state. And when we started looking at really what the returns on for those, yes, it's so much less of a down payment, but to be making then less money because of that, it just really didn't make sense to us. So we hadn't really found the right place. Then I got a call from that same realtor who had an off market property that he thought would be perfect for us. Um, And he kept saying it was in the neighborhood. And what he didn't know was that my husband caught him coming out of our neighbor's house, (laughs) literally across the street from us. So we were like, oh, this is definitely the property. This is definitely the property. So that one, we ended up getting sent through the same realtor, but that ended up being an off-market property. So honestly, I feel like we got a great deal on it and we weren't in a bidding war. That one needed a lot more work. It, had, it was much bigger than the first house. It now had four, four apartments, um, and it needed work at, at, on every inch of it. So it was kind of a nice progression to go from something a little more turnkey to something with a little more work. And every house that we've kind of bought since has required kind of some more. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Wow. Very, very cool.
2: <laughs> Good job. Thank so, you. So,
1: you know, a lot of people, they uh, want to invest in New York, <laughs> and it's obviously a, a very expensive place to invest.
2: And Mm -hmm. so,
1: you know, not very landlord friendly, how do you handle that? And how have you been able to overcome some of those barriers?
2: Sure. I'll address the, um, the land, the non-landlord friendly, um, part first. I I agree. And I understand, you know, New York state passed a lot of laws back in June, 2019 that put a lot of restrictions on what landlord tenant laws should be like. And they clearly changed the way we function. I don't find them so absurd or crazy that I can't work with them. Like, for example, one of the rules is that um, you can't have a deposit that's more than one month. Okay. To me, that's kind of typical. So I feel like there are things that I can definitely work with. I feel like it's definitely increased my screening process because you can, you can have tenants that have great income, great references, and a great credit score, but still do damage to an apartment. Um, sure. And then you can have people that are struggling financially that treat their house like a mansion. So sure. I definitely think it changed my screening process, but I'm really not, personally, I'm not concerned about the laws. They are what they are. And that's also one of the reasons I try to stay under under six units, because there are different legalities for a larger building. So that's definitely one of the reasons that I stayed there. Um, when it comes to the price, clearly, you know, that barrier to entry is is a concern. One, I think we've actually benefited from it because we're not moving so fast. It's not like I'm buying another house every two weeks sure. um, because this, now I have to actually run my numbers. I have to save for it. I have to make, make sure that it fits with the rest of my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate those things about it. Plus, as I said a little bit earlier in this, to think about the kind of the distance investing, it's great for some people. And if that's your goal, that is perfectly fine our goal is really to be able to have to make the most amount of money with the least amount of units. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, I would rather have to wait another six months to save for a down payment to buy another property in New York, where I'm going to be making $500 a month versus being able to buy a place in, sorry, I'm going to pick on Oklahoma, but to pick, you know, a place in Oklahoma that I'm going to be making $80 a month. But now I have seven properties, that's seven roofs. that's seven water heaters, that's seven electrical systems, that's seven places that all need to be, have, that I have to have a property manager for to help cut grass. That's seven properties that I need all of those, that I need tenants in all of them. To me, that's more work than it's really kind of worth. Sure. I would rather save my money, strategically buy and make the most amount of money with the least amount of, of properties and the least amount of tenants. Awesome. Awesome.
1: That makes sense.
2: Yeah, but to yeah. each their own. Teach yeah. their own. My husband and I own a place in the Dominican Republic where we make, you know, like 14 pesos a month on, <laughs> but okay. <Do> Airbnb- <laughs> you know, like that's, what's that? Do you Airbnb it
1: or it's a long-term rental?
2: No, this is a, the first one that we bought in the Dominican is a long-term rental. It was really important to my husband. He wanted to own a place in the capital where he's from. And we thought, we felt safer with a long-term rental there. Um, we are looking into an Airbnb. We were actually just about to make a purchase of one right before COVID hit. Um, which clearly has changed that short term rental market. So we're going to kind of sit and wait and watch. Um, And I personally, as much as I, my goal with this is really just to be able to move to a beach. It's maybe not really the time. So we're looking more towards long-term rentals right now until we can see what's going to happen with COVID moving forward.
1: Yeah. That totally makes sense. You know, some of us may know, some of us may not know, but you are the admin and founder of the Lady Landlords page. (laughs) And um, yay, that's a great, great resource for all the women out there. So if you are not following that page, please stop what you're doing right now and go (laughs) follow (laughs) the Lady Landlords page on
2: Facebook.
1: So talk to us a little bit about your inspiration and and, uh, why you started that page and, and what your goal is with that.
2: Sure. I started that because being a landlord myself, I have tons of questions. (laughs) It was always, how do I do this? How do I do this? Who should I be calling about this? And I was like, you know what? There's got to be other people that are in my situation that are curious about that. And I went on Facebook and I was able to find some other landlord groups and they just didn't really have the right vibe that I was kind of looking for. And being a woman myself, I kind of noticed that a lot of the people I was working with, my real estate attorney, my realtor, my mortgage broker, they're all men. Everybody that, you know, was referred, that I was being referred to were always men. And I have a fantastic team and I wouldn't trade them in for anything. But I was like, I'm pretty sure somebody else out there is kind of feeling the same way I am being like, I just want to ask a question and not have, and kind of not have a man answered. I want to hear from a woman and I want to hear their perspective because we do approach things in a very different way. And I sure. do feel I do feel that a lot of times women, it's more difficult for us to ask questions about things that we don't know. So I wanted to create just a safe space where women could be like, hey, how do I do this? And it wasn't anything where then you were getting a response being like, oh, just go to Home Depot and get the blah, 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 <laughs> blah. Like that's, that wasn't helpful for anybody. So I wanted just to create a safe space Where people can ask those questions and get that information.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, totally makes sense. So, what's your goal with that group?
2: I don't know. I really kind of don't have a goal. It's really just a labor of love. Um, As you know, I work in cancer research during the day. Um, Real estate investing is not my full time thing, not yet. It will be, but not yet. I don't really know. I really just wanted to continue to be a platform where people can come and just ask questions and just feel, you know, kind of look and just a very non-judgmental zone. That's yeah. going to be where it is for now. I might do something different with it in the future. Um, I do run a, I have my own YouTube channel that I need to kind of pick up a little bit more, but I really just want to be able to get more education out there for women to sure. be able to do, know that they can do these things on their own. It's going to stay there for, for a while.
1: Yeah. I love your authenticity because I feel like that's sometimes when people have ulterior motives in, you know, certain platforms that they have, you can sense that right away. Like, you know, if you're being sold or you're being pitched. or whatnot. And so, you know, we also try mm-hmm. to do the same approach with our meetup group and make sure that, you know, people feel like they're actually getting value of it. And, yes. you know, it's, uh, it's all about giving more than you take, you know, as, as you know, so,
2: yeah, I, I just to find it funny. So actually I've never experienced this in, in your meetups but. i even that, even with networking, I cannot tell you like back before my husband and I were married, I used to go to networking events and actually wear a ring on my finger just because sometimes I was like, are you here for like networking or are you here looking for a date?
1: Like yeah. it was
2: really, and it was just like, that's unfair. Like, I don't need you to like offer, to tell me that you're going to tell me about this property. And then all of a sudden invite me out and you can only tell me about it a Friday night at eight o'clock at a wine bar that's candlelit. you know, like that's don't be that don't be that dude. Yeah. Like it just and I know I'm not the only woman out there thinking or feeling that, you know. So
1: I usually will say, I'll meet you for early morning coffee and that will usually kind of weed out the people that are serious or not. Um <laughs> I, I typically don't such... to, to do drinks with me, you know, in the evening. I'll say, you know, I can meet for coffee at 7 30 a.m.
2: <laughs> this makes me think of like those really bad pickup lines where yeah. it's just like, hey, I can meet you, you know, at 7 30 in the morning for coffee. And then you get back the response of like, yeah, but if you stayed over, we could just do coffee whenever, you know what I mean? Like there's so many like bad ways Other that that men, can actually go. To, you,
1: to those of you who are listening to this, like take, take notes right now. And yeah. Ask this out for drinks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't I'm do that. Just, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I, not,
1: not all men are, are horrible.
2: No, no, absolutely not. But you know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But there's. There's, you know, one or two out there that, you know, <laughs> we would like to avoid. Yeah. So.
1: Well, it was really wonderful hearing about your journey. So tell tell us what what is your why? Who is your why? I always love to ask this question because it really kind of just, you know, shows the passionate side as to why you do what you do. And so we've we've heard about your journey, but why
2: do you do that? Probably a little twofold. One, I've kind of always been a little bit of the out-of-box kind of thinker. Like financial freedom definitely makes sense to me. I like to be able to Create things and build things and see what I can kind of put together and and kind of play with pieces of the puzzle. So this is completely satisfying for me in that realm. But yes, there are a ton of different ways that I that I could satisfy kind of that need. I think really my why comes from really what my husband and I are trying to build. I come from a very poor family. Um, My husband's family, you know, I thought my family was poor until you know hearing just where like his family came from, hearing kind of him moving to the states and really looking for that like American dream and realizing, okay, well, neither one of us have like a pot to piss in. We're not, Neither one of us are getting an inheritance from our parents. You know, we want to be able to kind of have a family in a much more stable environment than kind of where, where we were. And we want to be able to kind of build something not only as a legacy to, to them, but also just to Put ourselves in a position where we can make sure that we're enjoying every day of of the opportunity to be alive as best as we can. So
1: absolutely, absolutely. You know, real estate is such an uh, an incredible vehicle to be able to Mm -hmm. you know your goals and still do the things that you really love to do. You know, outside of that. So um, that's really great, thanks, Becky. Thank you so much. So you're welcome. Get in touch with you.
2: Sure. So once again, if you are a lady. Um, feel free to come over and find and search for lady landlords on Facebook. Um, you can join the group that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes, Rochelle's a part of it too. So no, come and join. It's a great group. Um, and then otherwise you can find me on Instagram at Becky Nova 24. Um, say hi, drop me a DM. Um, I'd love to hear from everybody.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this. This was just absolutely incredible and I appreciate your time and best of luck. Of course. You. Follow Becky on Instagram, check yeah. her out on Facebook on Lady Landlords. Okay. Thank you so much.
0: You've been listening to What's the Deal with Rochelle Rayner. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to tell a friend, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio or wherever you're listening right now. You can follow Rochelle on Instagram at investwithrochelle. Until next time, keep investing.